Welcome to the Book Wars podcast. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's what we're called. <laughs> Definitely thought you forgot where you were for a second. <laughs> we're doomed. I, I, I did realize like when um when the theme was starting, I was like, do I actually know how to do this? <laughs> um, hello, friends. <laughs> this is Miranda. I am here with the whole gang. We have Rana. We have Chris. We have Mom. <laughs> We have geeks. That's what their names are in the recording thing. Oh my god! Uh, So Uh, excuse me, mine doesn't just say Rana. I I I didn't want to try to read how many Nas there are. It's okay. Also, I I introduced myself as Miranda and not Burb. That's true. You got it. Does say Burb three out of five right? Solid sixty (laughs) percent. This is a reading podcast. East Coast. (laughs) Am I the only person who put my actual name? I am. That's very funny. I've not changed my name in months. It used to say late ass Rana. Sometimes I can't believe I'm not late ass Rana. Or sometimes I'm marginally on time Rana. And then I just changed it when I moved. No, not when I moved. Whenever we started recording again recently. Fair. I guess Rana, you put your name. You just then added on to it. That's true. I feel like I need to tell everyone that what it says is i don't know why i do this it's my name in our internal slack channel because it was my one friend's nickname for me in college it's ranana i don't know i don't know why i do this i was reading it like i was was reading it like the batman theme song like (laughs) ranana that would work too honestly anything's better than reina so i'll take it fair yeah so as you can tell this is our bonus like (laughs) ranana There's a whole nother gnaw there. Uh, I know, but can I read? That, that that's been that's bananas. Oh my god. As you can tell, this is a an episode of a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> it's our bonus Not episode on um the Obi Wan Kenobi series. True. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. I worked really hard. Is that a book, Miranda? I did I say? Oh, I just said series. It's a TV show. It's only Is it only on one streaming service? <laughs> God damn it! You know where to find Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm tattooing. tattooing. I'm just kidding. I'll stop. I'm being an asshole. We're all like turned up to 700 tonight. Before we get started talking about this wonderful six episode uh, limited series only on Disney Plus. uh, They don't pay us to say that. They really don't. That's true, but we can always dream. I feel like they pay us to not say it, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, on our pod only. Yeah. Um, What is everyone drinking? Wait. Oh, never mind. I can't read. Go ahead. I'm drinking a uh, pub beer, which I think is what oh. I was having last time. It's from Ten Barrel Brewing Pub Beer Lager. It says cheap fun on it because it's like it's their cheap, cheap beer. Um, that's all we have in the fridge right now, basically. I didn't want to drink a double IPA, even though after, you know, we've had such like a good run with this new podcast service thingy that we're using. And tonight it just absolutely borked on me specifically. And it was not fun. And now I'm regretting not having a double IPA. It's not too late to run. I know. Uh, Let's go in order of whose is the highest proof. So I think Chris is first. (laughs) I like Um, that. Yes. So I'm out of beer that I like. Um, No, you're not. You have one more. Of what? The tangerine. I do? Yeah, bro. Fuck yeah. Well, that's, well, that's exciting news. That's, that's versus His day just got so much better. It really <laughs> did. Um, however, at this moment, I am drinking uh, Compass Box Spice Tree Scotch. Um, and I am polishing off the bottle, so I'm halfway into my drink and still have a solid single left. This is going to go great, y'all. 
Okay, now it's among the rest of you to figure out what you're drinking. <laughs> you can do it, I promise. Go ahead. Does anyone have me. anything higher than a six? No. Great. So it's I you. think it's Irana next. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, Miranda had one. Um, I am drinking a Jolly Farmer Locavore Beer Works Watermelon Wheat. Uh, for That's those a lot of words. It is, but I swear I didn't make them up. They are on the can. I can definitely um, read that. I I can send a picture if we need verification. I believe that the brewing company is just Locavore Beer Works, and it's called Jolly Farmer, and it's the watermelon wheat Jolly nice. Farmer. It has a cute little image of a rooster driving a truck with a massive watermelon in it. Um, and I don't know if there's a wildfire or something, but the entire sky is orange. Um Oh, but like Colorado. That's yeah, it's fun. Um, and similarly, I want this because I feel like everything is on fire because it's been 100 degrees for like 10 days in a row. So um, I so am hot. huge. It's so hot. And my poor dog is like the, the river is dried up at the dog park and we get there and he's like looking all around. It's it's fine. This is oh. the most boring apocalypse I could have imagined. Um, Maybe. <laughs> It says, brewed in small batches and released in July to celebrate Independence Day, which, side note, I probably would not have bought if I knew it was an Independence Day beer. Also, I bought this in March. Um, Jolly Farmer has <laughs> over one pound of watermelon in every gallon of beer. Jolly is an unfiltered wheat beer and tastes like freedom. Yeah, I would not have bought this if I read this. Um, it's from Littleton, Colorado. It's actually really good. I had a can of it in March when we had a heat wave, which says a lot, um, and <laughs> saved the next... the other one for when we had more heat wave um and now i'm drinking it and it is tasty but the independence day and freedom language means i'll never buy another one wow. i don't know who's next for alcohol percentage but this is the six percent and it's a 15 ibu um i'm gonna go next just because i have topical watermelon beer i also have <laughs> watermelon beer um yes. so this is Station 26 Brewing Company in Denver, which I had never had before or heard of before I bought this beer. Go figure. Um, it's Watermelon Gosa, Himalayan sea salt and watermelon. Um, it's 4.5, so Miranda may or may not have me beat there. But, um, yeah, it's just it just lo- it, the can looks like a Where watermelon. Where did you buy? This is at Hazel's. Okay, I'm coming to visit you soon so I can go get a shit ton of that. Yes, do. Um, the watermelon is like a little more, I mean... Every single watermelon flavoring that's not an actual watermelon is tastes a little bit artificial, so it's a little bit more than I would like it to be. <laughs> um, but no, it's 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 still delicious. So yeah. Can I ask a question about it? Of course. Did you choose watermelon so you wouldn't have to kiss Chris when you're angry? <laughs> um, <laughs> I did get it so Chris would couldn't drink any, and then okay. I wanted to share. <laughs> so. I'll say that. <laughs> for those for those uh, listeners who don't know, I uh, am unfortunately allergic to watermelon. Which is incredible. It's There's nothing in it, mm-hmm. except that I'm allergic to it. The water fruit was too spicy for the white man. <laughs> Christ almighty. <laughs> Burby, what you got? I'm drinking water. Definitely lower alcohol uh-huh. than Kate. <laughs> uh-huh. It's 0.0%. And it is not fluoridated. <laughs> it is right. not fluoridated. Oh my god! Too many cavities no here because of that. <laughs> Poor please. It's a hot mess. I do like it when they ask you now at the dentist, though. They're like, "Do you want fluoride?" And I'm like, "No, I grew up with it. I'm all set. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they like make me have it. <laughs> I've yeah, but I've never both been asked. Have garbage teeth. Oh. See, your teeth are also it's very confusing. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't makes know. Sense. I didn't didn't know that, but it's possible. Um, this is probably gonna. I'm just saying this up top in case people are listening to this and didn't see our as always n- last minute from the book horse pod. Not us. Um, our last minute call for listener questions. We'll probably hit most of those. Um, on our second episode about Obi Wan, so you still have time. Um, if you want to get your questions in via the Tashi Station Tashi Station Patreon Slack or just tweet at us. Um, we'll probably answer a few tonight that are like relevant. Um, and then all the other like fun ones and stuff like that will 
fit or ones that didn't fit in this first episode, we'll answer at the end. So if you want to ask so us if questions. if we don't get to it today, your answer and question was really Yes. Important. It so. is in the outline. And then <laughs> also please ask us more because we like all, the questions. All non-relevant questions will be put in the tomb <laughs> on that planet. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> uh, topical. Rana, do you mind telling us about our cause? This racist. Okay. okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, wow. for sure. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to make sorry, Miranda do I'm it. I'm in a weird mood. I work. I mean, I know a lot of people normally work like 11 hours a day, but I'm tired and my brain doesn't work. Um, so today, uh, our cause is Indigenous Women Rising. Uh, their website is www.iwrising.org. Um, their official mission is that they are committed to honoring Native and Indigenous people's inherent right to equitable and culturally safe health options through accessible health education, resources, and advocacy. They're also the only National Scope Native-led abortion fund in the country, so give them your money if you're uh, you know, thinking about the ways that Native women in states that refuse to think about people's choices over their body uh, will be affected because, again, they're the only Native-led National Scope abortion fund uh, in the U.S. So... Give them your money. Yeah. Give them your money about your Starbucks. because life sucks. So, yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Shall we dive into? Kenobi? I was gonna. I was like, yes, sp- speaking of life sucks, let's talk about yeah. Obi Wan. <laughs> when and where are we? <laughs> We're on Tatooine again, y'all. I'm big fucking shock there. Why does everybody want to go back to Tatooine? There, I was thinking about this while I was definitely not finishing the entire show today right before we recorded (laughs) the amount of time like this is a fucking huge ass galaxy and they spend so much time on desert planets cities that are dark and dreary and sketchy cities (laughs) oh i had another point why does no one want to do stuff in scarif it's beautiful there. It's also, so it blows nice. up eventually. So yeah, but not, but you know, we not yet, not in this show. <laughs> also, planets with more than one biome, not in my Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like there are zero people on this planet, which is lucky because we're gonna have some weird shit go down. <laughs> so we are ten years after Revenge of the Sith. And yeah, Obi Wan's just been sitting in the desert and being fucking emo for ten whole fucking years. He's got a Shopping job. Crate dragon meat. And, <laughs> and what happens in Revenge of the Sith? Bad stuff. <laughs> well, you see, he threw Luke Skywalker's father into a fucking volcano after chopping all his limbs off. Okay, technically, so it was a lava planet. <laughs> and technically, he didn't throw him. He kind of rolled. It's a meme, guys. <laughs> Fuck. I spent the whole, like, the last couple episodes when they're having the lightsaber fights, I was just yelling to chop off his legs again. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're such a dick. Oh my He's God. done it before. Spider-kin. <laughs> no, Spider-kin. Dude. That's <laughs> why he lost. Can you imagine Not how much legs. more terrifying, though, Darth Vader would be if he <laughs> had <laughs> spider legs? Because, like... Maul was pretty scary with spider legs. But, like, Darth Vader just, like, roaming through villages, just choking out children indiscriminately while, like, clacking around on mechanical spider legs would be... I don't even know. There's no word to describe it. I see this in a comic. Right? I can, I can tell ready. you, though, if the original trilogy had had Vader on spider legs, we would, I would not be here doing this pod. I would not have gotten into Star Wars. I would not have been about it. So, meanwhile, we got Keeks into the extended universe by telling her about Spider Mall. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, <laughs> um, Jesus, fuck. What were we talking about? I think we had a point here. Oh, so there's yeah. a show. And yeah, there's a show about Obi-Wan and some shenanigans that happened halfway I bet there between. are a lot of spiders in that cave. I bet there are, though, actually. That's, uh, always in TV oh shows, God. I'm like, you, this is the cleanest cave I have ever seen. <laughs> like,. You're just like going through the jungle and your hair is perfect. Like all just They did shit say like he that. smelled bad and I 100% believe that he smelled bad. Oh yeah, no. Just, he hadn't showered. Like, you can take a sand bath. You can find some herbs. Figure it out. Now I'm just imagining Obi-Wan bathing like a chinchilla. Oh. 
Oh, this is ridiculous. You're so cute. Listen, speaking as a Jawa, if the Jawa said that he smelled bad, bro smelled bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we're like about halfway between um, throwing Anakin down to a lava planet and um, Luke Skywalker almost stabbing himself through the face with a lightsaber. Um, so that's about where we are in time. <laughs> um, we generally uh, spend these first episodes just kind of talking about what we enjoyed and what we didn't, um, which uh, Daniel, uh, type pilot Dan- Dandy, anticipated um, by asking us, what on your Kenobi wish list came true? What did you want to see that didn't and didn't end up getting covered? Um, yeah, my honestly, I I, I I enjoyed much of this, and I'll let Chris like enumerate all the ways that he enjoyed this because retweet on his opinions for once in my life. Um, but one thing that was missing for me is that like I guess you know we got a lot of like really cool like sideways mentions of like. Not Quillen Voss and Padme, and there was no mention of Satine anywhere. Um, which I guess they're maybe saving for the book that's coming out that's being written by Chris. Please remind me. Um, Kirsten White. Thank you. Um, comes out next week. Maybe? Oh my! Soon. Well, um, next week as of this recording. So you know they might be saving it for that, but also, I just. You know, just to, like, drive in the emo knife just really deep and then twist it a little bit. Like, I would have enjoyed just, like, something. <laughs> but that's me. Yeah, I kind of thought we might get a little bit of Satine content um, because Lucasfilms, and maybe I'm just forgetting what else happens in these episodes because heartbreak, but um, Lucasfilms released, like, their suggested rewatch of the Clone Wars episodes before Obi-Wan, yes. and it had a bunch of the Satine episodes and I was like, oh, shit. Um, but in retrospect, like, maybe I'm forgetting other things that happened in those episodes. I'm not... I think if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have expected Satine content. But because of that, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Like, I didn't think they were going to dive into that. Um, and then I got yeah. really interested in, like, where it was going to go. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was hoping for it, and then I also saw the same list that you did, where they were just like, what if you watched all the shit about the fall of Mandalore? And I was like, absolutely, let's go. And so like we rewatched like Voyage of Temptation and stuff like that, and I was just like sitting there cackling to myself and also weeping, because laugh, laugh crying is all Star Wars is. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, no, and I was just like, this feels like a red herring, but I don't know. They all say that they want to do season two, so we'll see if we just get some nice... Sadness. sadness so soup. I don't know if this is a question to save until later, um, but when you say that about them wanting to do season two, I'm confused because when we first heard about it, it was marketed as solely a limited series. And like they were like, John Williams is going to come do the score and he's not done a score for TV in 40 years or whatever. Um, and now it looks like it's marketed as season one and there could be, and just, I mean, I don't mind. I'm excited for more content, but. Does anyone know when that switched? Was it just a money-making switch? Or, like, did, did they realize they could get people back for season two? Like, I was kind of surprised by the, the pivot mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Good uh, question. My understanding is it basically switched on the press tour when all of the people involved talked about how much fun they had doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Ewan, who, like, famously hated Star Wars for decades a harrison ford for our era <laughs> truly i mean an alec guinness for our era honestly mm. like because yeah and i mean and fairly because like if you put your heart and soul into something and you had to hear every fucking day for the rest of your life how shit it was you would probably hate it too but like it didn't have uh, anything to do with anyone that rhymes with smorge schmookus does it no couldn't be um <laughs> but yeah like you and talked about what a great time he had specifically working with deb chow Hayden talked about what a great time he had, and of course, Hayden is rumored to be appearing in the Ahsoka show as well. So Hayden is getting going to get to do more in you know I, as as far as we think. Never mind. I'm going to add this as a question to our outline. Okay. A different question. I was going to. Um, Deb Chow said that you know she very much envisioned, and you know this was written as a as a beginning, middle, and end story, um, which is what a lot of other people said too. But like. Basically, everyone involved has said they had a great time, and if there's a story that works, they are, you know, would be excited to do season two. So, to me, there's a lot of 
official press tour interview smoke around that issue for there to yeah. not be a fire. Yeah, I, I bet we'll get a season two, even if it's like three years from now. Um, It seems like relatively low effort on their part now that they have this whole platform, not Disney Plus, but like they're making shows left and right and mm-hmm. they have the audience. So I, I would not argue or be surprised if we and got I- season two. It was just surprising to me because originally I kept hearing it as like, this is a limited series. Mm-hmm. They're putting so much effort into this. JK, we're going to do another one technology too lined up with the volume and everything and book of boba fett season two just got announced or rumored or rumored. whatever but i mean Le- rumored slash leaked yeah it was on like uh some like press something for like i don't know if it was comic-con or if it was like some like different country lucasfilm affiliate but something said like season two book book of boba fett coming soon hell yeah Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting because, like, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this more as we go. But like, I'm I'm often a big believer that like what makes stories good is ending it when it should be ended. Um, but at the same time, going into what on my wish list came true, honestly, almost everything. Um, when this show was announced, I was extremely nonplussed um i'll Which say version of it um the this the official announcement of this miniseries no which version of nonplussed oh <laughs> what i don't understand this reference anyway i knew you were gonna say that miranda <laughs> that is why i'm laughing so hard because i'm gonna be like she's gonna say this stupid thing that doesn't have a fucking point and chris is gonna get so confused and she's gonna say it anyway <laughs> It means it. both what you think and exactly the opposite. Does it? Yes. Oh, well, I meant the version that you think I meant, I guess. Um, I was not I was not really excited. You know, I was I was happy that they were getting you and back. It's been talked about so long. I was glad that there wouldn't be any more fucking rumors about it because I was tired of reading about them. But like you and John Jackson Miller. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but like, honestly, the like. Obi-Wan's 19 Years in the Desert didn't really interest me. Um, And I was like, kind of, I was like joking with Kate when this got announced. Like, everybody else wants to see Obi-Wan, like, do cool Jedi shit. And I just want to see Obi-Wan go home and rethink his life. Like, I, my, I was like, my hope for this series going in was emo Obi-Wan just like thinking about the Force and everything that he's done and had to do in his life. And that is more interesting to me than more Obi-Wan action without a point. Um... And A, I got that throughout the entire series. Um, I loved how introspective Obi-Wan was. I thought his character's development from, you know, just being completely uh, refusing to get involved in anything and afraid to do so to rescuing Leia and doing his little lightsaber flourish, like to show that he's getting back into it to uh, like at the end beating Vader was done incredibly well for only six episodes. Um, and also, like, when Hayden was announced as coming back, I got a lot more excited. Um, because as people know, if you've listened to the pod before or talked to me, um, I have the the unfortunate uh, affliction of my favorite character in Star Wars is Anakin Skywalker. Oh, God. Uh, and I have always... And I... And I respect a lot about the prequels and the acting job that he does is not one of those things in the prequels that i respect um, i have i'm gonna say something after you're done oh no whoa well I'll, so, i mean yeah. i'll say something at myself right there i think this series is absolute proof that the problem with the prequels was george lucas not the actor yeah i feel like part of and i used to think that also but then I think part of what I dislike about his performance, I will say Attack of the Clones, I can't stand him. Um, but a lot of that is writing. I always feel sad for the women in George Lucas's life. The yep. way that he writes romance just makes me want to throw up. Um, and I, to be fair, I feel that way about a lot of romance things, but especially like, it just creeps me out. Mm. Um, Space pairs. In, yeah, yeah, no, that literally, I can't watch that scene. <laughs> I cannot do it. It makes me have to look away from the TV. I feel like right now in my stomach, I'm like, oh, no, I just don't like it. Um, anyways, in Revenge of the Sith, 
I feel like he does a great job of being angsty and being like very shitty. And I f- don't necessarily feel like his acting is that bad. I feel like the dialogue is bad and also what he is doing is bad, but it's v- at least to me a very believable angsty mm-hmm. furious teen who wants to or not teen but like young white dude who always wants to get his way and isn't getting it like and i always feel like part of what i dislike about the prequels isn't actually his performance it's the character and the fact that he does it well enough that it makes me want to hate him yes that makes sense no i Mission think accomplished <laughs> i think that's really fair and and i completely agree with you that revenge of the sith is on a completely different level from attack of the clones and i mean you know it was always probably george lucas because like of the four main actors who were in the prequels, if you think about Liam Neeson, Hayden, Ewan, and Natalie Portman, three of those four have been nominated for Oscars in their lives. And they're all shit in those movies, like, respectfully. I mean, didn't Harrison Ford say something about arguing with George Lucas in, um, in, when they were filming A New Hope and saying, like, you, you can write this shit, but you can't say it? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's true. Like you can't say this shit. Yeah. And so I and so like I was very excited going in to get a Anakin content because in my mind I was thinking you know the press is all well and good but there's no reason to bring back Hayden to sit in a suit. Like there's no point in bringing back Hayden if you're not going to have him out of the suit at one point or another. So I was very excited for that and I was excited for redemption for a lot of these actors and I really think that you and Hayden got that redemption. I thought both of them put on a really incredible performance um, in, you know, Ewan's kind of updated take on Obi-Wan to do it different than he did in the prequels and, you know, and do it so much more dejected and less witty and to really embrace the difference in character. And then for Hayden to be able to, A master Darth Vader and the cadence of his dialogue and the cadence of his speaking vocabulator, so to speak. And (laughs) B to be able to do that flashback where like Kate can attest to this, like that first, you only talk about it every damn day. Like those first lines of the flashback where like Obi-Wan walks in and Anakin is like, Oh, I thought you weren't coming. And then like kind of remembers himself and is like, master like that was like to me absolutely pitch perfect and i was so happy to see him get that redemption of his ability as an actor yeah i mean the way 100%. he did the, yeah the way he the, the, the way that like you know that final like a uh, halfway unmasking confrontation went was fucking incredible like it's just like every every moment of it and like i mean you only see half his face and he's like he is terrifying and he is heartbreaking and he is like he is all he is all these things and you can really like see the layers of just like Darth Vader like over over all these layers of like Anakin's just like pure fucking incel white boy rage and it's just like it's so much and it's it's just yeah like who knew he had it in him so i mean somebody did clearly but otherwise he wouldn't have come back but like yeah bless up yeah I was just going to say that um, that sort of reminds me that I felt that this show did a good job of bridging um, Revenge of the Sith, End of Revenge of the Sith Vader and A New Hope Vader, where like he goes from, you know, yes, he slaughters children um, and does all sorts <laughs> of bad things. But also it's like the level of intensity and craziness that we get in A New Hope of like, you're just force choking people for no reason. You're entering a room and like having fun killing everybody is very different than like the tormented soul that we see in Revenge of the Sith. And so it's, you know, we get some concept and some look into this in other media of Star Wars, but um, I really appreciated the show because I felt like it did a great job of sort of building into how we get to that point. Um, because by the time we get to Empire Strikes Back, he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, and I think that this show did a really good job, at least for me, of bridging the visual of sort of how we get to this point. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. One, uh, one more thing I want to say about Hayden's performance is just like, um, obviously he spends a great deal of time just like being Darth Vader and therefore he's, he is in the suit. Um, 
But the way that he conceptualized the his body language and like the way he walked, the way he like, um, you know, the 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 ways that he was moving his body to like to show that he was manipulating the force and stuff like that, was just like spot on, such that, and and done in such a precise way that, um, if you look at the credits, there's like three different vaders like they involve like so sometimes hayden's in the suit sometimes it's a stunt double sometimes it's a dude who's really 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 fucking tall when he needs to make other people in the show look really 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 fucking short um but you but his his performance just like in terms of just like the the physicality of it is so precise that i we were we we, we saw we saw the, the listing of those three those the three actors and then we were like watching you can tell when hayden's in the suit and when someone else is which i think is incredible it's and really fascinating there was an awesome point on Twitter, and I'm so sorry. I don't know who said it. Um, if someone knows, please credit them. Um, but someone had pointed out how you can see the difference in Hayden's Vader versus David Prowse's Vader and the way that that's really tied to storyline and not just actor. And people were saying, mm. like, he fights like Anakin at this stage yes. in his life um, and yes. sort of thinking yes. about the differences in that. And I, I talk to um, Cadman about that all the time when we watched A New Hope and we have very different views on how the Obi-Wan Vader fight should have gone. And I'm like, they're old men, they're in pain, they need some Advil, like <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, but I think this sort of gave sort of that middle ground for folks who did want to see the real extent of their powers of, you know, flipping around and throwing shit and dragging people into fire. That was a, an interesting <laughs> moment. Um, yeah. and, and I just really felt like whoever had tweeted that, and I'm so sorry that I don't remember who it was, um, did a really good job of like pointing out the fact that that's intentional, right? And, and you can tell when it's Hayden in the suit, but that's because he's supposed to be, you know, an iteration of, um, prequel Anakin's fighting styles. Yeah. Um, I remember there's like, there's a moment, um, during the press tour where, you know, they were doing an interview and Hayden was saying that, um, when they were working with the stunt guys, th these were, th these, these stunt folks were not people who had worked on the prequels, but they had watched those films so many times that they were pinpointing like, well, you do this like very particular, like lightsaber move here. We really want to incorporate that. And he's just like, I don't even remember doing that. And like, and he was just like, we're just making up half the shit we, I, I, like all the time anyway. There's this like really good like supercut of just like Anakin doing this like behind the back thing with his lightsaber that carries through um, in uh, both the pre prequel movies he appears in and in that flashback um, that we get. And it was just and it's just like the attention to detail just makes me very very happy. <laughs> yeah, and Rana, I I completely agree with your point about really capturing this moment in Vader's development as a person because you know you have attack of the clones where he doesn't know what to do with himself and then you have revenge of the sith where his fear has proverbially turned to anger right? because that is what like that is what he chose to do with his fear that is what the option was presented to him and that is what he chose and now and and then in the original trilogy he's very much cooled off like he's you still feel the rage but it's very much like cool rage like it's like which is almost more terrifying in a lot of ways but it's not that white hot anger that you feel anymore in this series you get that anger um it is still very much raging and it was great to see because it is terrifying and you know not that original vader isn't terrifying but it's terrifying in a completely different way for for the viewer to see and so i loved that they you know didn't want to you know they didn't really like rest on their laurels when it came to writing vader's character but you didn't get your clone wars armor i'm sorry bro yeah so i was gonna say so things i got anakin really really good vader development um great personal um personification for obi-wan great character development um one thing i would have loved i loved the flashback scene the flashback scene was very master and apprentice anakin I was really hoping for Clone Wars flashbacks, A, because the costumes are great and we've never seen them in live action, but B, because I love the, the friendship era, Obi-Wan and Anakin relationship. And this is something that we're going to read a few books down the road. We're going to read Brotherhood by Mike Chen that just recently came out. And he captures this transition from that master and apprentice mode to the friendship mode incredibly well and really just like, Right, so much depth 
into the portrayal in those movies. Um, and that to me is, is really fun. Like, you know, we never really see the, you were my brother, Anakin. Like we see Obi-Wan training Anakin. We see Obi-Wan yelling at Anakin (laughs) because, you know, and again, to Obi-Wan's credit, he didn't ask for this and he never quite figured out what to do with Anakin. And then we see like two scenes in revenge of the Sith of them actually bantering and having fun. And I wanted to see more of that. Um, So that's like, I would say if I had to have a disappointment about the show, it's that, but honestly, like I was living so good during this show (laughs) that like, it's, it's a small thing. I would have also liked to see that because clones, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Please give me clones. I very, very complicated feelings about this for reasons that we've talked about largely the casting, but I would have loved to see Anakin, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan on screen together in live action. Hmm. Bourbon geeks. Do you need to share what's going on in the chat with folks or not? (laughs) Oh, Miranda just said it's rage with sunglasses on. And I'm like, stop writing funny things in the chat. What that could be titles. I know he was. Oh no, I'm talking about the next part. Oh, I know. (laughs) Oh, cause Chris said, uh, Chris said something about friendship mode, and I said, just two dudes being guys. And then Miranda took it one step further and said, six feet apart. And I said, in the hot tub, because they're not gay, because all we do is still watch Vine compilations, because what year is it? But anyway, if any Gen Z listens to this podcast, don't worry about it. Just look it up. What was the shit post pod? <laughs> I don't know. I... In a very unsurprising move, went into this with no expectations. I don't think I realized that Hayden Christensen was going to be in it until, like, after the series started. (laughs) I I knew absolutely fucking nothing about it, so I have no qualms. And you got your, you got a, you got a, you got a few choice Padme mentions in there as well. If they were going to do it and, like, do it the flashbacks, like, they... Who's always dancing around Padme? It's like you're, you're just like your mother. I'm like, can we Nat- see? Can Natalie we see? Portman was busy returning to the franchise she hates less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she yeah, she's part of a soccer team do. now. She sure <laughs> it's does. very complicated. <laughs> Wait, what? She owns part of a, so- a women's soccer team now. Oh, that's yeah. very. No, you said she was on a soccer team, and I was like, oh, huh, she owns part of a soccer team. <laughs> Um, you can you can be short and short play soccer. soccer. I don't fucking know. She's really short though. She's like yeah, so is Messi. Me. How tall is yeah, Messi? She's shorter than like Messi's like by a lot. Messi's like five five. She's, she's like, like five, five feet. feet tall. I know, but like yeah, Meg, she I think Megan soccer. I think Megan Klingenberg is yeah. five two. Anyway, this is now a soccer podcast. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> this whole time, it's actually so been know, a soccer Kristen. podcast. Wow, Natalie Portman's 5'3", according to Google. She's That's not. The She's like 5'3", I've ever seen. Taller than yeah, me? No. That's not That's right. not true. Yeah, that's that's some fake shit. Her publicist that's put some that on Is it Natalie Portman or is yeah, it 5'3", right? inches of birds stuck together? <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about Leia? Because I um, feel like we all enjoyed that. Yeah. I do, but Rana, sure. did you have a chance to talk about what you oh, yes. wanted to see and oh, did and yeah. didn't see? I didn't have too many hopes. Um, I This is going to sound stupid, but I really was thinking we were going to get more um, Force Ghost Qui-Gon ah. sort of mentoring Obi-Wan. And although Liam Neeson has obviously had some real issues in life, um, I felt like uh, I really loved... I have never even actually finished reading the book, but I only read part of the book once at a library of the um, Master and Apprentice book and it's so good and i just love their like interesting take on um you know the jedi master and apprentice relationship i just i find that fascinating all the high republic books like i just think i like the way that they work together and i would have sort of liked to see ghost qui-gon um and i knew he was going to be in the show as soon as i saw liam neeson said he would never return to tv i was like you fucker you're in the show (laughs) i didn't think it would only be in the last like two minutes but um, oh, thank you, Kate. Kate generously. Let me return the one book I borrowed two years ago, and then I'll give you this one. Um, 
but yeah, so I was kind of looking forward to that of like similar to Chris, sort of like angsty Obi-Wan in the desert. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more of like flashbacks of his time and less him actually doing shit. Um, but that being said, I was very happy with what we got. I didn't have really robust expectations because I kind of figured like I was excited by the show because I guess I'm a bit of a basic bitch sometimes. But like <laughs> I thought for a long time this was going to happen. And then, you know, like all things Star Wars, the more they denied it, the more I figured, OK, it's going to happen. Um, and then when they did announce it, I was really, really excited for some reason. And I don't give a fuck about Obi-Wan. But I was like, oh, my God, like this is this is going to be fantastic. Um, and I think part of it was just the clear, like love and excitement you could see in, um, Ewan McGregor returning to the role and even the ways that like, I know she's questionable in some decision-making, but even the way that like Kathleen Kennedy was talking about the show, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Um, I want to see what happens here. So I was excited, but I didn't necessarily get my hopes up. Um, and that was the one thing I was kind of looking forward to was like, Give me angsty Obi-Wan in the desert reliving what he could have changed slightly, like that he thinks would adjust what actually happened. I did not think we'd get to see him go on adventures. I certainly didn't think we'd get young Leia. I am very happy we got young Leia, and I know that's a separate point on this. Um, but yeah, I overall, I was happy with it, and I really didn't have that many expectations. I don't know if this is going to be a topic I can bring up in the rest of the outline because it's not really a topic at all. But fucking Baru. Dude. Right. Right. And that's I said that when we were watching it. I was like, I gained a new respect for her. Mm, she's I, like, ready to I was like, down. okay, you were the only <laughs> useful person in this whole fucking house. Mm. I know. I like Correct. her. I liked her I sawed just... off shotgun blaster. I was like, <laughs> when she like, when she was like, okay. Corner, like smacking people. I was like, all right. You that know what? All right. So you deserve good. your blue milk in space in 40 yeah. years oh, or 20 oh, years. I was just standing there. Owen's standing there fucking useless. She's pulling guns out of the wall. Like, let's right. fucking go. I just, like, inject that moment into my veins when she's pull- when she's like pulling guns out of her fucking brick wall. And he's looking at her like, who the fuck is my wife? And I'm just like, yeah, motherfucker. That's <laughs> like, right. You knew what you got into. Exactly. You introduced her for a reason. Like, well, you, she didn't need to get that this is my girlfriend, Baru, speech in Attack uh, of Clones. There's a reason we got it. Yes, exactly. I would just... I'm just like oh that moment I was just like I mean Chris can tell you we were just like we were making bad decisions and watching it when it dropped at you know one in the morning mountain time and probably like annoying the ever loving shit out of the neighbors because I was hollering (laughs) it was loud (laughs) um god I was so excited that was a a wonderful moment I know that um E.K. Johnson who was a Huge Baru stan was over the fucking moon, probably just as loud. You could probably hear from hear from her from Canada, um, and I was just like, you know, I was just like, I'm not even a Baru stan. I'm happy for you, and also just like this is this is the content I didn't know I needed. So like, thanks. Also, didn't that actress get out of a cult? So I was happy for <laughs> yeah. her. Yeah, like what? good for you. Like, not only did you get out of that terrible cult, which is a whole life process, but in yes. addition to that. You're here. You're doing a good job with your acting. You've returned to this role that you had like two lines in in 2002, and you're kicking ass. Exactly. What a life. No, she was in the Nexium cult, and now she, um, you know, she pops up in Star Wars occasionally, and she reads tarot cards on the beach. And I'm so happy for her. Oh, yeah, what a yeah. fucking life. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of prequel actor redemption, her and Joel Edgerton did phenomenal. Um, and I think yeah. they were given some really great stuff to do and some really emotional scenes. Um, And as somebody who was at an age when I first saw Star Wars that I never particularly cared about Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, um, I came out of this series loving them and having a huge respect for them because of these performances. And now you're sad when they turn into crispy bacon. I still don't like Owen. Yeah, same. Like... Your dad was I a do slave now. owner who married a slave. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about you. But I'm here for Baru. He's still yeah. a dick. Whether it's a new I hope mean, Baru yeah. of her being like, oh, whatever. He's he's young. He's going to be how he is. Let's drop more celery into this pot of water. Or um, <laughs> <laughs> I always notice that. I'm like, why do they have celery in space? I guess. I guess it's bok choy. It's bo- oh, it is bok choy. You're right. Yeah. It is bok choy. <laughs> I'm not like that woman on who's going around Twitter who thinks celery and bok choy are different things. I saw that. You're right. Oh I just got it mixed up in my head. I knew it was You're a green. green. <laughs> yes. No. Bok choy is not celery, and I can tell the difference. I promise. Um, um, but, listen. Uh, just yeah. because Owen thinks that 
you know, Trump may be an asshole, but at least he speaks his mind. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Owen is definitely a Trump voter. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> like, I, I don't like him. The show did he, not redeem him for me. It gave him a little bit of nuance, but it did not redeem him. He definitely he's he's posted on Facebook about Hillary's emails. There's no question. He's definitely the one who's like, I didn't own <laughs> slaves, so I have no role in reparations. Exactly. <laughs> Like and your dad literally like who built your house? Yeah, you're you're even. You less didn't even get a new house. You lived in the same house. Like okay. I wonder whose space Hillary is. Um, I'm gonna say. I mean, it's Mon Mothma. It's Mon Mothma. Oh, yeah. duh. <laughs> Mon Mothma. we can answer that what right the now. Fuck? Why did I? Fuck, 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 fuck. And <sighs> Posting on Facebook about Mon Mothma. <laughs> about Mon but Mon, Mon Mothma's emails. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the thing that I, um, I'm not on this podcast, but here I am. Um, uh, the thing that I didn't, uh, want to see, which was like redemption for Luke being a stupid bitch, which, um, <laughs> I was like, they better not like give him, they like, he better be useless this whole time still. Um, yes. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Chris just put, <laughs> I'm not on this podcast, but here I am in the uh, t- titles. Um, he was as useless as he could have been. They like kind of softened his uselessness, but he was still really stupid. And he was just like breaking speeders. He was like pretending their house was like a spaceship. And it's like your twin is literally like fixing shit and like saving the galaxy and like starting the rebellion. And like you are such a like young, dumb, dumb twink in training. Like you can't do anything. <laughs> and I love it because I'm like, that's that's who it grows up to be. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this I in a layup like, point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kate. Oh no, I was gonna say this is a perfect way to segue into Leia. Yeah, so like, let's let let us please, yeah, go ahead, Rana. I have this as a Leia point, but whoever at Disney or Lucasfilms or whether I w- I would like to credit Deborah Chow herself, though I'm sure it wasn't actually her, whoever decided to market this as Obi Wan and Luke's beginning like friendship and mentoring. And then immediately pivots so we get like two seconds of Luke in the first episode and five minutes in the last episode and the rest of it was Leia. I was like, at first I thought they were comparing and contrasting. I thought it was like that meme where they're like, make her a princess. I don't know. Make him a farmer or something like that one's really funny. But um, I don't do it justice. That meme fucking kills me every time. Um, Burb, you're making a face. Do you not know the meme? I don't know that one. I'm going to send it to you later. I don't know. It kills me. It's Padme like when she's dying of sadness after childbirth and uh and they're like oh what do you want us to do with the babies and she's like oh give him give her to um, put her on alderaan and make her a princess she has political power and they're like what about the boy i don't fucking care (laughs) or something (laughs) so funny god Um, that's exactly what it feels like Yeah, and so I thought it was like that of comparing their differences in their lives, and I was like, oh, I don't need another thing trying to make me feel bad for white rural people. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be, and I was like, do we need this? But then they surprised me, and we got a whole lot of character for a little Leia. I mean, we did get what I thought was probably the biggest plot inconsistency, which is how does this not get mentioned in A New Hope? How is Obi-Wan just the person who years ago helped her father in the Clone Wars? Like... That was my biggest hang-up timeline-wise, was like, you did you forget? Did you get hit in the head? Like, is it so secret that you can't mention it? He doesn't age very like, well. Anything could happen. I think he ages in like the next he's nine a years. white person with no SPF <laughs> on a planet with two sons. Yeah, I live in Colorado. Have you this seen people? Un- like unmelodated man, y'all. <laughs> they don't. He does not wear lotion. He doesn't even bathe. Like, there's no way he's moisturizing and using tretinoin. Like, he's not doing this. Oh. Oh my god it's true um <laughs> super- oh i totally agree. I, I i i totally fucking agree though i was like waiting for the luke stuff and i was like yeah okay here's farm boy twink let's <laughs> just get this over with and then and then they ca- and then little leia popped up and i was like what a fucking delight not only because there's just like god they wrote her character so excellently. Like, it's just, like, she's very obviously 10 years old, but also, like, a very precocious 10-year-old. And I thought they handled that that fine line between, like, she is 
privileged and she's had all this education and she has a very particular place in um her society and all this other stuff and also she's 10 and she just wants to play with a robot and climb trees and fuck around and i thought that was lovely um and also i just you know there's there's such a direct line from you know leia um just like fucking roasting obi-wan and calling him old and telling him he's a decrepit piece of shit and it's like just such a direct line between that to claudia gray's like leia princess of alderaan which is a fantastic book to her just being like get enough garbage shoot fly boy in, the, in a new hope and it is just seamless and perfect and um you know i just the actress that they cast bless bless that child she did a lovely wonderful job Carrie is sprinkling glitter on her down from heaven. Um, I just like her. I'm no doing the best mind. at this. <laughs> she is. Um, and God, she's no, it was just like, it was wonderful. Clearly the direction was wonderful. I can't imagine how difficult it is to direct children, let alone fully grown motherfuckers. Um, yeah, no, just like chef's, chef's kiss and all of it. And also, um, I love seeing Bale be the galaxy's best dad. But we already knew that, so I was even happier to see Brea just like being a badass, and also just like the way that they both like just like wholeheartedly accept Leia as she is, and are trying to like, you know, they give her, they're they're trying to give her direction, and they're try, but at the same time, just like they're not necessarily prescribing things, they're just saying like you need to figure out how you want to be in this whole mess, which is something you don't see a lot. Like in terms of like people like grown ups talking to ten year olds, like just assuming that they're that they're as smart as Luke is at all times. Um, as <laughs> um, you know, I just like I don't know. There's just there's just so much good stuff in there. So so many good like just like parent child dynamics. Um, the uh, Star Wars is a you know principally a story about found family, and um, you know I think that really shines quite quite well in um, you know the Organa's parenting and the way that like um she just feels like a hundred percent like part of them because she is um anyway yeah it's very heartwarming i have a lot of fuzzy feelings yeah it's, and i think oh sorry you go ahead burp it's good that they do parent her like that because like there's literally a part of the show where they're like hey you're small 10 year old can you go climb <laughs> into these fucking vents here's a ladder if you don't fix this in the next 10 minutes, we're all going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. And thank God she's Anakin's daughter and somehow magically knows how to hotwire a planet. <laughs> For real. No, but I mean, and this is a great answer to a question that uh, Tyler asked in the uh, in Natasha's Patreon Slack. Uh, what existing pe- pieces of Star Wars canon enhanced your enjoyment of the series, either through actual connections or just vibes? I mean, in terms of vibes, Kate, you said it like, it is a straight line from this series to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, to the original trilogy, to Bloodline, to the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it is, it's all the same character. And for a character as complex as Leia, that is incredible, frankly. Like, Claudia Gray is just absolutely stunning for her portrayals of Leia alone, anything else she does aside. Um. And yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that y'all said. I loved how precocious she was. I loved her in contrast to Luke. I loved the family aspects of both the Organas and the Larses. Like you had the moment in the premiere where she said, I'm not even a real Organa. And like Bale imme- like immediately Bale goes into crisis mode and is like, no, don't, don't ever say that. He was about to go downstairs with a fucking baseball bat and beat the shit out of that <laughs> loser <Fuck>. cousin. <laughs> And then you bookend the series in the finale with uh, Owen fighting against Riva, and she says, "You really love him, like he's your own." And he just says, "He is my own." Like, it's a beautiful statement on family in Star Wars that is, by some, like JJ, kind of muddled sometimes as a theme. And uh, you know, I really thought it's just a fantastic reminder that genetics has nothing to do with family. Yeah, but. Raising the family sure does, because Luke would have fucking fallen out of that air vent. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a case study in nurture versus nature. Absolutely. <laughs> Ooh. 
Skywalker twin things. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love the vibes of this. There's no other point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look it. It's just vibes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, and honestly, like, Kate, you said this as well. Just, this is an incredibly directed series. Like, you can tell that every single actor was given direction and notes and worked with in exactly how Deb Chow wanted them to perform to achieve her vision. And, like, you know, you can tell when shit is, like, going like a finely tuned machine, and it was in this show. Like, from the first episode with the Organas. Also, the Brea Organa moment in the finale where she's like, is that a holster? I love it. Like, that was, again, a direct line to the Brea that we see in Princess of Alderaan, where she's like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, like, very... uh." kind of like prim impressive boyfriend seems nice maybe one day i'll date a scoundrel though they're more fun the best line in the entire book imo <laughs> so good no. i do i do love that like i feel like in a lot of star wars stuff we can kind of lose track of like hey they, they have magic powers and can do all this shit but when when she um like, got the holster from Obi-Wan and just kind of looked up at him. And he was like, you're 10. Yeah. I was like, this is great. I, I, I yelled I that right before. he. I was like, she is 10. <laughs> and then he said it. And I felt very validated. But it's like, don't give the fucking 10-year-old. I will say, if there's a 10-year-old I'm going to trust in a fictional universe with a blaster, it's probably Leia. Oh, like, absolutely. I can just imagine her like, pew. Like, I don't know. This is gonna in real life point no. this lightsaber at my eyeball. <laughs> and that was and and that was a perfect encapsulation of the show too, because at the beginning we see Obi-Wan not connecting with anybody, you know, only watching Luke from afar, like kind of refusing to get involved in anybody, to Leia saying she can help and adults kind of brushing her off, and Obi-Wan being like, No, listen to me, you trust me, I trust her. And like it was just a perfect encapsulation of the growth of their relationship. And to me, like, Ron, I'm going to disagree with you slightly about how, thinking about her message to Obi-Wan in A New Hope. To me, it, like, adds so much to that because, like, and this is very much in my head, in my head canon for it. But to me, it's like, you know, 19-year-old Leia not wanting to be you know, a kid anymore and very much presenting herself like a dip, like a diplomat and a senator being like, you know, I don't want to just run into this arms and call him Uncle Ben, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I guess part of why it confuses me a little bit is like, not confuses. I guess some of this is just basic emotional regulation that we don't see in other characters in Star Wars. But like her response when she hear, I mean, she is excited that he's there. Right. We know that um, in A New Hope when she's like Ben Kenobi, but, um, but also like she already has to, despite losing her entire planet, we've talked about this before. She has to like be the emotional support animal of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the emotional support awful, child. Yeah. That, I mean, she's, she's 19 at this point. When she, but she's world. a woman. She has to absorb feelings. Yeah. Like, but then it makes me think of how much more it does add a lot of layer. The next time that I layer, Leia, haha, I'm from Massachusetts. Um, anyways, it, it's, um, it's it does make Boston. me think. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does make me think that the next time that I watch New Hope, which I'm sure is not that far away, uh, that I will be much more mindful of that dynamic and mm. what that means for her when he's you know sacrifices himself for luke but i do it does make me wish that he um had more to say about you know when they get there and the fact that she's there and all that but that being said like i know we i'm not asking them to retcon um it just adds a lot of layers that i'll have to think about for Mm -hmm. sure and Mm -hmm. i hear what you're saying there chris of like yeah maybe she's being an adult and not making it about her yeah and i and you know as 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 an anakin vader fan i am well versed in the ways of imagining emotional inflection on scenes where it wasn't intended. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Yike. Um, but no, and I mean, uh, you know, think small things like 
the smile on his face when he sees Leia for the first time and she's with Luke in A New Hope. Like, that takes on new... Uh, new significance to me, like stuff like that. But but no, like I totally hear what you're saying. Also, one last Leia point from me is that, man, people acting against children, or, you know, acting with children, is very difficult to do, and a lot of incredible actors cannot do it to save their lives. And holy shit, did you and in Vivian have chemistry? Like, they, you felt like they were related. I mean, keep in mind that Ewan has four daughters. Yes, this is very true. One of whom was in the show. Yeah. She was the drug dealer. She's, on yeah, Dayu. one of whom who grew up to be a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always one. Oh, yes. Um, but no, like, I can't, I mean, I feel like she probably had, like, the most fun on set. Like, ev- like everybody was her dad on set, I feel like, and which is very sweet to envision. That's the sense I've gotten from the press tour mm-hmm. which is which is great mm-hmm. for sure um going back to Tyler's point about like other media that ties into this um that inf- like kind of just like expanded on the experience for me um and then I think we can probably save the rest of the conversation for next week I knew I knew we were, I knew we were gonna have so many things to say um I just want to say that um Listen, Twilight of the Apprentice is probably, um, aside from all the Canera stuff, my favorite bit of Rebels. And it is, I think, the uh, duel between Ahsoka and Vader, absolutely essential viewing to understand like completely uh, that final duel in that last episode between Vader and Obi-Wan because they are such mirrors of each other in terms of what side of Vader's mask gets broken off, the dialogue that is spoken, the emotions that are felt, the way that, um, you know, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan as the two characters aside from Padme who are closest to Anakin and knew him best and were his family, like, the way that they have to, they really do, like, literally come face to face with what and who Anakin has become and have to just, like, let go of this idea of who he was in order to like live their lives. It's just, yeah, it's just, there are so many feelings. Um, somebody did a horrible emotional thing where they made a YouTube video where they just really did put those scenes side by side. And I was just like, wow, I'm going to go lie on the floor for about five hours. Um, yeah. If you haven't watched rebels because you have some sort of issue with animated shows, please get over yourself. You're missing out. (laughs) I mean, if people haven't watched Rebels at this point because they don't think it's real Star Wars, like, they've lost. Oh, absolutely. And the best thing about it is those are the same people who fucking idolize Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni Which, like, if you told Filoni that you didn't watch animation because you didn't think it was real Star Wars, he would fucking slap you. He would just be like, I fucking hate you. Are you the guys from SpongeBob? I'll shit in your hat. (laughs) That's all I got. I just want to say, Rebel Supremacy, always. Especially because, like, they put Dave Filoni in charge of live action, so now it's just the Filoni-verse, so fuck all of you. (laughs) Those are all my feelings. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. (laughs) 10-year-old Leia is more mature than 19-year-old Luke. Changed my fucking mind. 19-year-old Luke would have fucking fallen out of that vent. And not just because he's big. God damn it. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, well, I feel like this is a great place to wrap up uh, what is now very clearly part one of our Obi-Wan Kenobi reactions. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, remember to protect yourself against COVID out there. Get your vaccines and boosters if you haven't. Mask up. Uh, Try not to go indoors. The pandemic is getting worse again. It's a whole thing. Um, Next episode, we're going to continue talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Get get to many more of the questions that people gave us both via the Tashi Patreon Slack and Twitter. So if you asked us a question and you didn't hear us talk about it, um, we will. Promise we have it. Um, In the meantime, if you have the means, please donate to... uh, uh, Please donate to Indigenous Women Rising at iwrising.org. 
Uh, and uh, after that, if you want to support us, you can donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookhorsepod. Uh, it helps us cover our hosting and production costs and keep Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony fed and lodged in these Orca troubled just times. Orca went to the vet ER fucking again. So, oh you my know. god, please give me coffee to pay Your for Your money does not bills. go to vet bills. No, <laughs> it I'm, doesn't actually I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm fine. Don't give me or- Orca vet money. Don't don't feel bad. Um, and our theme song is Wisp Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design and our audio production are done, as always, by Kristen McDonald. I am Chris for Rana, Miranda, Kate, and Kristen. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. That, you're just talking right over it. That's she, oh, good. she doesn't have a little recording a thing in there. You all have the red dot, and she doesn't. Oh. How does that work? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How does that work? Oh, I think no. she's blinking. She's, oh, no, she's alive. No, she's still there. She's just about to <laughs> slap a baby. She's about to like punch. Hey, oh, she's hey, <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I could add to specify actual recording is higher quality. No, That's a questionable assertion. That's all good. <laughs> You've got the little red recording dot now. <laughs> now, now, now she doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>